Welcome to the ABC of Fita letter D. These are the drums. The special drums we have for the episode D of ABC of Ita. They will keep us company for the rest of the day. So if anyone doesn't like drums, or if they think that this is a bit of a cultural appropriation, of some sort, they then should leave yes. immediately. Turn off the radio. Go away. We have many interesting... Uh, topics to discuss today. Mm-hmm. As always, uh, we will follow the English alphabet. And we are uh, on the letter D today. Yes. So which today means we will discuss all concepts starting, not all, but some concepts starting from D. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people start their names starting from D, etc. I will play some music also uh, from bands and projects starting with a exactly. D. Exactly. It's been a while since we had a show, a radio show. Three weeks. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel really tired. Really tired? Yeah, from all this time off. Ah, you feel tired from the time off? Yeah. and uh, I'm So uh, you must be relieved to be back. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I was looking forward to... <laughs> it's a bit too Oh, sorry, too that loud. was too loud. Okay, okay, I'll, I have to be careful. Be careful. This is a radio show. It's not like uh, playing... Uh, at, at home? At home or... Right, okay. <coughs> so, should we... Um, since we had this kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. Introduction, which is a little bit uh, performative. Should right. we go into a song? Yeah, let's go to a song. Let's go into a song. Drinking electricity. Okay. Enjoy. Thank you.
So, that was drinking electricity. What happens when you drink electricity, Phil? Do you know? You die. You die. And that's the first topic of uh, this show today. Which is death. Death. Oh. Mm, yeah. Should I... That was my drum roll. It was, it's still very loud. I, I'm, I have taken it really far from the microphone, but it's, it's really, really loud. It's could be microphone. Maybe if you put it under the table. Oh. You hear the bells. It's from... Uh, bells are ringing. This is an omen. We talk about death. The death and drive. And bells are ringing. Okay, so today we're not going to talk generally about death. No? No, that's a bit too existentialist, isn't it? To talk about death in general. Well, I mean, what to say? Death, how, how death can, is death. How can you talk about death in general? <laughs> you know, like death. You know, it's like you continue and then? No. You die. Yes. We're not going to talk about this. No. There's not much to say. There's not much to say. You live. And then? You die. And then? Nothing. <laughs> okay. But, but we're going to talk about the death drive. Oh, mm. psychoanalytic concept. Uh, yes, you know, I like psychoanalysis. I know you like psychoanalysis. So I, I will tell you a little bit, a little few things about um, the death drive. Do you, have you heard of the concept? You see, I'm adding yeah. some like intensity. Intensity. Um, it's not that intense. Okay, let's not exaggerate. The death drive is not intense. Yeah. No? No? It is intense. I thought it is intense. It is very intense. Okay, go so, on. Okay, so you know Freud. Mm-hmm. I know Freud. Sigmund yeah. Freud. Sigmund Freud. Um, so he had all these theories about libido and how everything is related to sex and how people, everything people do, do they do it for sex. And then, mm-hmm. midpoint to his career, mm-hmm. the World War One starts. Okay. Very bad war, as you know. Many people die. True. Half of his children, a few of his grandchildren. He had many, but still, it's not nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Freud is like, okay, sex, very good and driving force, but how is it related to what I'm experiencing now? So he didn't think that war has to do with sex. Well, he was. A, he had a doubt. <coughs> like he was like, hmm. Maybe there's something else in the world. Other than sex. Other than sex okay. with your mother. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so then, mm-hmm. it's f- I'm like... You're getting goosebumps. Goosebumps, mm-hmm. just by narrating. Mm-hmm. He is uh, at his daughter's house. Okay, daughter, D, D. D, ah, nice. The daughter is out of the house, mm-hmm. and the grandchild is alone in the room. And mm-hmm. Freud is looking through the crack of the door. <gasps> Peeking in. Peeking, yeah. That's terrible. The door is open ajar. (laughs) (laughs) And the baby has a small, how you call it, like the yo-yo? A yo-yo. A yo-yo. Right. And he throws the yo-yo under the bed. Mm -hmm. And he says, fort, which is like, it's gone. And then he takes it back. Uh And he says, da. So like, here it is. Okay. And Freud is like observing that there is something strange that the baby is as excited to find it. Mm-hmm. Similarly, it is as excited when he pushes the yo yo under the bed. So it, there's a He's kind like of 
self-destruction yes, pleasure, basically. Like, oh, combining that to the world war, he's mm-hmm. uh, writing this paper called Beyond the Pleasure Principle, mm-hmm. one of his most difficult and speculative um, philosophical texts, mm-hmm. where he introduces the idea that people are not only motivated by the libido and all the sexual stuff, but also there is this thing called the death drive. But you know something, Phil? Tell me, Phil. I, I want to tell you something. Tell me, Phil. That's all good. Freud mm-hmm. says there is the death drive and so on. Yes. But what do you think? What do you think about the death drive? Mm-hmm. It really helped me understand my actions. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, because clinically speaking... Clinically speaking? Uh, there is this question always. Why do we keep on doing the same shit again and again. We know it's wrong. We are suffering. Why do we do them? The death drive. <laughs> Freud says. And Lacan confirms. Really? Yes. Okay, let's go into the second song. Are we having a song? Yes. Dorothy. song follows the death drive? Dorothy follows this. You'll see. <gasps> Dorothy. Very nice. Softness.
Softness by Dorothy on Industrial Records. This is one <laughs> of the few really? or maybe the only pop song that Robin Gristle have produced. That's really exciting. Isn't it exciting? I really like that Dorothy. They, they normally do... <laughs> but they've produced like one like this. Very appropriate for... For? For them. For them. <laughs> so, um, you're listening to the ABC of Ita. Today we're discussing concepts and people starting from D. Okay. And uh, I am uh, F78. And uh, to my right? I'm F89. And uh, greetings to Michals uh, here. Uh, <laughs> waving. Uh, <laughs> waving. Through space and time. <laughs> this, yes. Um... So what's our what's our next concept? Do you want a drum roll? Yes. Next concept is Documenda 14. Oh, everybody's favorite art project for You the know year. something? Mm-hmm. It's a bit almost hondological talking about Documenda. It's a bit old news, isn't it? It's, it's so old news. It's like so mid-late 2017. I know, right? Yes. Like, who would want to be dealing like with this topic? Like, if we were proper Athenians, we would never discuss documenta, like... And that proves that we're not really proper Athenians. We are, like, from the countryside. Yes, and that's why we're interested in... Shepherds. The, in, the, in what happens in the mountains of uh, German countryside. And indeed. But, to be honest, mm-hmm. I have nothing to say about documenta. You have nothing to say about documenta? Nothing? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. You're not interested? I'm not interested. No? A little bit. A little bit. I am interested in what you have to say about documenta. You're interested in what I have to say about yes. documenta. What do you think I have to say about documenta? I think you didn't like the exhibition. I didn't like the exhibition, no. But why? Because it wasn't very good. Oh, come on, Phil. No. Actually, that's kind of silly. I mean, what does it mean that it wasn't very good? Exactly. How do you judge what is good and what isn't good when you're, you're in such deep... Uh, depths of, uh, okay. let's say, uh, conceptual art Let's or take it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Documenta decides to leave Castle for the first time in its history and, right. and come to Athens. And yes. not only come, mm-hmm. but also is proclaiming uh, that is uh, think uh, wants to learn from Athens. Yeah, learning from Athens. That's the working title that kind of st- stuck with them till the very end. Right. So tell us, how do you judge this? Well, I mean, look, Learning from Athens, I think, is kind of trashy because mm-hmm. it's obviously a kind of, uh, you know, sort of like... Um, it's, it's very boring to say that they are doing colonial things or anything right. like that. But at the same time, learning from a poorer place mm-hmm. or a crisis or stuff like that, that's kind of silly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Unless, and that's that's my... When I, when I put like a little note there, unless they decided to collaborate with really interesting people. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the catch, you mean from Athens? From general? Athens, yeah. from Athens, yeah, yeah. That's the catch because there aren't really that many. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, when they decided to come to Athens um, mm-hmm. to collaborate with the local scenes, they had a real problem. I mean, I don't think they realized that because they thought that what, what they found was good. Mm-hmm. They found really quite average people to work with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of those average people, they chose kind of perhaps even the most average Right. Of the lot. So, you know, they were, they were like really uncomfortable things. Like, uh, you know, one, 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 one case that I've mentioned uh, a number of times, I guess, is, is when Paul Preciado, who obviously Paul Preciado has gender identity very central in his, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. his um, rhetoric, mm-hmm. 
he would refer to things like trans rights and so on. Right. But then the Greeks would translate it as transsexual, which shows that the translators were not even remotely mm-hmm. connected to, uh, you know, the discussions happening around but trans w- rights. When and we so have on. such a, such a large organization, is it, is it isn't it to be expected that there won't be like you know this kind of uh, solid? Look, they came here for like a year, right, uh, to research things. So. Actually, to, to, to really research the, anything that has to do with queerness in Greece, mm-hmm. in, in terms of this specific example, mm-hmm. and let's say, okay, I've now uh, mapped the territory, right. would probably take, what, three months? I see what you mean. So, um, and, the, and you could say the same about any other kind of uh, territory thing, that interested uh, them. So, for example, we're interested in the commons. Yes, the commons, blah, blah, blah. It's very hot in art mm-hmm. and so on. So yes, there is the commons, but is there a kind of uh, counter voice mm-hmm. to this? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, it's a huge exhibition. Surely, you can have ten artworks with the commons, but you can have surely one which is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, critical to this. So, this is what I mean: very extremely, extremely superficial uh, reading of what they found on ground. Mm-hmm. Um, which on which in the first place which already was not particularly particularly good so there are three aspects of this exhibition one is we're going to Athens right one is we're having a public program when we propose a certain politics let's say mm-hmm. and the third one is that we're having an art exhibition right so like are you happy with any of the <laughs> the three elements I think the first element actu- actually for me is the most interesting right I think the idea that they but almost impossible to to, to, to deal in a yeah I mean I mean I think that's also okay I mean I, mm. I don't think it's an unsuccessful document right uh, despite the fact that a lot of money is missing and stuff no, uh, <laughs> yeah financially I'm not interested in that as you know money is beyond me yes yes but um, they should invest in cryptocurrencies you've had your chance talking about cryptocurrencies in the previous session Listen. I want to tell you to remind I you I would like to have the altcoin altcoin of the week which is but uh, you didn't let me do it okay I We can tell people if they want to buy something from D They should buy Dent coin. D- Dent, okay. D-E-N-T. Cryptocurrency of the week. <laughs> the Dent coin. Okay, go on. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a really... I, I, I don't think it was a bad idea. I think right. it's a really nice idea. Mm-hmm. How do you actually... Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, uh, this whole turn into conceptual art that uh, big art institutions have done... Mm-hmm. What's the point if it doesn't create a, a sort of dialogue which goes beyond a specific institution or a specific country even and so on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want it to be political and to raise some, I, I have high doubts about mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. this is how this can be done in such, you know, uh, if it can be done in the and in, in this in a place like Dokumenta. But okay, let's say I'm not, I'm not anti-institutional that it can be done under specific, uh, let's say, conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, But um, if it can be done, then it much then it would be much better if if it's uh, let's say a, a kind of international dialogue, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a, as a gesture, I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as as uh, in terms of the public program and in terms of the, the exhibition, in terms of the things that uh, Documenta chose from from Athens, I think uh, it was poor. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of Greek art itself, I've already, I think, made myself clear in previous uh, episodes that I think it's generally, you know, very average and, and, and it's been hailed something good only because uh, there is a crisis born, really. Does that cover you? Yes, uh, you said the word average. Average starts with an A, and today we're not interested in A words. We're so we're, we're, we're interested in dreadful projects. We're interested in things that are starting from D. So it's a dreadful project. <laughs> and now let's move into a really nice project, a what? dear project to me, which is Dear Hoof. Oh, uh, nice. And Come a to song to from their album, um, what is it? King Man. Uh, no, the, Mil- one, the one with the bananas. Uh, Milkman. Milkman, Milkman, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot the name.
It's one of the few times that uh, I know the band. <laughs> that I play. Yeah. And it's one, one of the few new bands that I play also. True. I really you know. liked your hook. And one of the few bands that I, of the new bands that I like. That's really not so good, not something to be proud of. No, look, no, I don't, I don't mean like the one of the few uh, music projects that I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean one of the few bands that I like. I think that the concept the concept of the band is very dated and I think this is these are one this is one of the groups that do something interesting with it that's what I'm saying. I see. Well, now that the big D's yes are out of the out of our way. What big D's? Like death and documenta? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We still have deconstruction. <laughs> that's quite a big D. It is big but uh, very self-reflexive. Okay. Now that the you big D's are out of the way, we are going into, let me drum roll. Yes, please. Dating apps. Dating apps, yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say the the topic, but I you, had, like you a had a kind of a stroke <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> a brain freeze. Yeah. Um, dating apps. Oh. So... So uh, you know, I feel like dating apps is, have been around forever, but they are quite new, really, especially as a mainstream phenomenon. I mean, at the beginning there was the like uh, internet, like the browser-based uh, dating websites. Uh huh. I remember Gaydar. Uh-huh. Do you remember Gaydar? Um, <laughs> I remember. How can you remember Gaydar? I don't know. Uh, Memories. <laughs> What from, from a life past, <laughs> um, but then uh, I need uh, your help in order to continue the show. I'm I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Dating apps. Then uh, people, uh, but at the beginning, people are very skeptical, especially straight people. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, "Oh, dating apps. This is sketchy. They can kill me and stuff." Yep. Fast forward 2017. Mm-hmm. Everyone on Tinder. Everyone. And the gay people. I think they will start also everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think they will now s- the gay people because they are always on the vanguard of sex um, related activities. Mm-hmm. They will now leave the application. I think so, yeah. I don't think you so. You don't think so. No. The sex I, uh, I think they will do other types of applications. Mm. What so can be a new <coughs> can you imagine what can be a new wave of applications since So let's 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 review the existing models. Right. We have Grinder. That is basically uh, no. This is the latest model. Go. You have to go further back. Before Gaydar. Well, before Grinder. First of all, there is yeah. First of all, there was the you cruising. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, we're, we're talking about mediated versions. Yeah. Right. Uh, like for example, you could put an advert in a newspaper. Oh no. You know, I've actually done that. Really. Yes, and I met like a musician. Well, that's horrible. It's not horrible. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It's like a blind date, really. You, you. There's no way that the other person will be attractive, though. The statistics are small. Yes. They, they had to describe themselves with few words that kind of <laughs> make sense. Um, You're so ancient, I'm, Phil. I'm totally ancient. And and there was like a post box. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would like you would call and leave a message. Was and then homosexuality legal at the time? It, Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, so that okay, that was that. In the you know, in the 90s. We're mm-hmm. still talking about the 90s, you know. We're not talking about the 1970s. <laughs> okay. And right. then and then there was Gaydar, which was a big, um, 
you know, revolution in dating. Mm-hmm. And Again, the, the gays are the vanguard. The vanguard, yes. And um, that was basically having a profile mm-hmm. with photos and text. And then if if you like someone, you can email them. And at some point, I think okay, Cupid comes into play, where straight people can also. That's partake. much later. Sorry. Much later. Is it? Yes. That's like ten years later. Okay. Oh, gaydar is really no, old. No, for a while it was for a while it was gaydar or extremely B projects for straight. Mm. That was it. I see. It, it was basically just for gays. It, the game. The thing with the straight people is that straight men mm-hmm. are extremely creepy vile so for many years women could not even like fathom mm-hmm. like uh, participating in the uh, internet like right and until then tinder that tinder. allows you to not talk to someone if you don't like their face which is like a very simple idea it's yeah really but it's not like exactly it's gonna keep keep away the creeps because if someone's face looks okay it doesn't mean they're not a creep mm. But anyway, um, it's a first step. And then there is Grinder, which is uh, the whole thing about mm. GPS technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, and the question is, if the latest thing is to know exactly where the other person is in terms of distance, mm-hmm. what's what is the, the next, next thing? Step? Can you think of that? If I could, I would be rich, Phil. You would be. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of, yeah? there are many apps that take in account the the other people's uh, income. This is a latest trend. Really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like there is a LinkedIn, like LinkedIn uh, like related app where you can only match with people of a similar kind of job. <laughs> really, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Facebook for rich people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich book, exactly. And then is the beautifulpeople.com. Do you know about it? Ah, and who decides if you? The community. You know, I would got rejected twice. You got rejected twice. And a friend of mine, who is not particularly much more attractive than me, he got in. He got in, and I was really. Maybe it's the beard. He has a big head. Do you think? It's ah, they like big heads. It scores high. Objectively, because they they are like babies. The people with big heads. And people think they are nice. Cute. Yeah. Cute. Well, if only I knew. But I got rejected twice. I was really heartbroken. Well, it's the nose, maybe. The nose? I thought the nose is possible now. It's like... Uh, Not really. No? No. It's it's like... it's It can be fetishized, mm-hmm. but... You Come know, on. It's like Al Pacino <laughs> claiming that he's pretty. But I like Al Pacino. I don't understand you. You okay. think Al Pacino is, has a reputation of being handsome? Sexy. We're doing a lookist show, and that's not good. Manos is going to really tell us off. That's fine. After the bisexual segment, there is nothing that can go worse. <laughs> so yeah, what is the future of dating apps? I don't know. I think people will be like, oh, I don't do dating apps. And it will be like the new organic. Oh, we're doing real dating, not dating apps. This is so late, tense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe cruising will be popular again. And people will do cruising in the tube or in special underground clubs. Yeah, maybe dark rooms is the future. Maybe a drug. Ah, VR. VR dating, that's the future. Virtual reality. You know, putting on the headgear and going into the cyberspace and finding other people with similar interests and 
and everyone will be attractive because it's virtual reality like duh so you can have both the nice and interesting people and the very attractive bodies uh, I think that's a good solution everyone would be happy it combines the good elements of all different dating activities I really like the virtual reality dating idea I think I should somehow patent it Maybe put it on the blockchain. Let's continue with a song. Duff, Die Räuber und der Prinz.
So, we are back. Did you like the Räuber und der Prinz? I really liked it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Deutsch-Amerikanische Freundschaft. A difficult topic. Difficult topic. Difficult relationship. And the next topic is... Is... Deconstruction. Deconstruction. Oh, such a nice topic to discuss on a Wednesday afternoon. Deconstruction is very difficult. Is it? Yes. Okay, first of all, mm -hmm. let's try to very briefly, if that's even possible, mm -hmm. um, tackle what deconstruction is about. So Derrida. Briefly. Jacques, Jacques briefly. Derrida. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it briefly. Jacques Derrida, who yes. is not the philosopher of the week. Who is not the philosopher. Oh my God. As much as he wanted it to be. Oh my we were God. like, no, Jacques. It's not going to be like It's that. not you. Okay. But still, we will talk about you in the deconstruction segment. So it's, it's like a r the runner-up. Yeah, so, so he, mm -hmm. Jacques, Jacques, he read uh, lots of philosophy mm -hmm. and lots of uh, linguistics. Mm -hmm. And what did he realize? What did he realize? That Western, Western philosophy mm -hmm. from uh, Plato onwards mm -hmm. is let's say, haunted mm -hmm. by a problem, mm -hmm. which is the metaphysics of presence. He's like, behind the words, it's always assumed that there is some kind of essence. And he's like, but wait a minute, where is this essence? And that's basically the gesture of deconstruction, trying to, to find or maybe to dispute the metaphysical no notion of of meaning, let's say, of an inherent meaning that is somehow outside of uh, linguistic systems. And you mean no one else said that before? Well, some people implied it. Mm -hmm. Nietzsche kind of tackled it. Mm -hmm. You know, some ancient people maybe, I don't know. I don't care about ancient Greeks, as you know. No, me neither. So then everyone was like, what? That's a big deal. How can we have structurally? We have so many phone calls in the <laughs> studio today. <laughs> Everybody's like eager to get in contact yes, with us. The letter D has caused like a fire. Motivated the audience. And you know what? It's Why? like a, this letter D is like a silent uh, strength. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like because it's a it's a very philosophical session. <laughs> you realize that? Yeah? I do. I do. And esoteric. It's it's got this fire inside. <laughs> the people can't handle it. The They're big like, D calling the audience, uh, is calling the studio and everybody wants Okay. To. There is a lot of, uh, yeah, desire. Des desire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, metaphysics of presence. Uh, Look, problem? this metaphysics of presence okay, is very difficult. Let's make huh? it more tangible, okay. okay? When you say that, okay, that, that meaning is not, like maybe there is no meaning and so on, that's yes. easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what is the metaphysics of presence? Okay. You keep on saying that as if it's some kind of easy. Okay, thing. okay. Let's let's try to make it more tangible so we can discuss. Make it more tangible. So, uh, this big re revelation of Derrida brought a big pr brought many problems to the people who wanted to, you know, to talk about structures and culture and stuff. If 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 we cannot, if but I don't want you to talk about okay. it in a historical way. Okay, okay. Let's bring it to today. Let's bring it to today. Okay. Yeah. So many people are like because of due to Derrida yeah. and his bullshit. Yeah. Who were very popular in the American academia in the 70s and 80s and onwards, mm -hmm. uh, basically shaped 
American Academia, we arrive to a point that truth has no like is not relevant to politics. Are you insinuating? Am I? Are you insinuating? Am I? Are you insinuating that Jacques Derrida is the reason for post-truth? So some people say that. Mm-hmm. It's basically two strands. There are two strands of this crit- critic. One strand comes from the traditional like conservative parties uh, who are like, oh, we have to go back to tradition, we have to go back to family, we have to go back to this kind of the truth of the father. Uh-huh. This is one part of this critique. Mm-hmm. The other part of this critique comes from the uh, Marxist, uh, let's say, um, uh, traditional Marxist uh, point of view. Mm-hmm. According to which we have to okay, we figured out all these identity politics. Now let's go back to the class difference. Okay, there is because in the end of the day there are the ruling. There is a ruling class and the the proletarians. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. It's it's something. So all these people in in Fortune, for example, who make uh, now lots of money, are they the proletarians or are they the ruling class? Uh, yes, if you if you take this position, you you miss these cultural nuances. Obviously, like uh, because the main pr- they are like proletarians under a false consciousness. I don't know, you know, they just uh, <laughs> they just don't know what is the their the I don't know what's good for them. What's good for them? What's yeah. good for them? It's 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 a you know it would it's a pa- very passe. Um, kind of uh, critique I guess and it's it's a long history I don't know isn't it but at the same time we have this thing about it a little bit like I don't know I mean because surely it's about how you use deconstruction like all tools right why 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 I mean because of course to the whole point of I imagine okay without being a specialist yeah I imagine that using deconstruction as a as a form of truth Mm -hmm. that's kind of nonsense surely Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's obviously a, a, a tool that can be used for, you know, looking at other sides and doubting and so on. I think it's a silly critique because even before Derrida, like Freud talked about the mass psychology. And even before Freud, like Le Bon and uh, French theorists after the French Revolution talked about the mass psychology and how a leader can manipulate the crowd through using the emotion, for example. Why is it not? Uh, that's what Trump does. Why should we go to Derrida? I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced that this critique is like useful and we should go back to some kind of, um, I don't know, Marxist truth. I don't, I'm not sure that's not, not epistemologically sound, but also if that's politically useful. I'm not sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have something else to add on deconstruction? Mm. Do I? Of course. I mean, one one of the question one a question I, I would have in terms of deconstruction and uh, as a philosophical mm-hmm. term is how it deals with things like art and poetry mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, fields like that never I shouldn't <coughs> say never, but let's say their pr- their their primary interest is not to reach some kind of truth, mm. but it's to co- create a, a much more nuanced uh, um, um, and subjective, in mm-hmm, a way, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like image. I mean, in a way, deconstruction is about deconstructing uh, log- logocentrism. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, it it 
it, you, it you can say that it should be that it's Priorities. more art friendly yeah. than, than other strands of thinking for example yeah i think so yeah absolutely but yeah at the same time yeah there are more concepts i guess difference another d uh, but oh, this show is too academic now it's really getting so academic Let's i don't leave know Derrida i don't know aside. i mean uh, <sighs> yeah and we still haven't even reached to the philosopher of the week My imagine God. imagine i mean what the, we have to do something more fun okay look i brought all these drums yes Can we play some drums? Yes, let's play drums. Is that fun? That's more fun, isn't it? Mm. Let's move into a song mm-hmm. uh, from a Spanish industrial band called Diseño Corbusier. Spanish. But good. We made a change. It was. A, it was. Did you like this? Look, it was. We, this is the show of deconstruction. Okay. And uh, we played the wrong song. Okay. That was Algebra Suicide, which is a really good band. Yeah. But it doesn't start with a D. Okay. So, so you I, were like. I stopped the song in the middle, <laughs> and we're playing Diseño Corbusier okay. now. Okay. And it's really good. Okay. It's band from Spain. A violin.
So, welcome back to the ABC of Theta. Uh, this is uh, our fourth show. Fourth. First show for 2018. I told you, I don't like when you speak about dates and stuff. I want this to be existentially important. Timeless. Timeless, yes. Okay. Uh, so, this is a D show. D show. And the next concept is, can I have a drum roll, please? The discounts. Discounts? Hey, you didn't see that coming. What do you mean by discounts? Well, you know... Like supermarket discounts. Yes. Like buy one, get one free. Special offers. Like uh, orange stickers. Yeah. Like uh, getting something sent into your mobile phone and you have to use the code in order to go and get mm-hmm. buy something. Does that excite you as a topic? Like... Um, uh, <laughs> having to look through the, all the broken things in the supermarket exactly. to see if one thing is still good. Okay, I hate this thing. Like, you know, de- you know things that only need like another three days in order <laughs> to go bad and you still want to get it because it's 10 cents. I don't. It's your problem. Like uh, ordering uh, from efood.gr <laughs> things because they are like cheap because they have an offer without actually wanting to eat Never that on good. that day. Every time we do it, we regret <laughs> it. I love so discounts. I have a problem. I'm an, I'm a 90s child. Look. Do you this, also like coupons? Like collecting to, coupons This stuff. is going to trigger Nikos as well very much who suffers with my discount mania. And, um, but you end up spending more money. That's the, the you don't end up spending more money you do. because no you don't end up spending more money you can look look what you can argue and i accept that mm-hmm. is you you spend that you spend more money if you you follow the whole time is money no 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 if no, we no. follow the time is money narrative no, no, no. like i spend a lot of my You're effort in on greek it. there is a saying yes cheapness cheapness it's it's the money it's the money <laughs> <laughs> Cheapness eats the money. Yes. You mean poverty? No. Iftinia in Greek. Ah. Like cheapness. Cheapness eats the money. Eats the money away. Yeah. Or like troitum para. It's like it's it's like a metaphor. What does it mean? It means that people who are obsessed with uh, no, cheapness, they end up spending more money. I don't think it means that. <laughs> what? That's. That's what the saying is about. No, look, I'm not obsessed with cheapness. <laughs> yes. I'm obsessed with discounts. With deals, another deal. With deals, yes. It's it's quite different. Actually, I'm not at all obsessed with cheapness. Right. 
Uh, but you like deals. I like deals. Yes, <laughs> I'm, they really got me on this. Like, like, like. I think it's because I'm a '90s child, right? And I grew up through Perestroika and the Berlin Wall <laughs> and <Yes>. Scorpions. <laughs> la, 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 la. Of change, exactly, and that's why mm-hmm. I they got me. They, I, you are from the next generation, mm-hmm. the millennials, <laughs> and the millennials do not believe in capitalism. And you know why they don't believe in capitalism? Why? Because it doesn't, capitalism, it doesn't work for them. It has failed them, right? Right. Whereas, let's say I'm a '90s child, mm-hmm. and it hasn't failed us totally. I like the the menu deals in like. Shitty like fast food place. Why do you like the menu deals? <laughs> Although I, I've noticed that they make you really angry if they're not particularly good. So if, <laughs> if for example there's like a deal and you get like a burger and chips and a drink and it's only like thirty cents less, you're like ex- you're really really annoyed, This right? Is, I really believe with the menu deals. You either do it, or, yeah, or don't do it. Damn it! <laughs> But what does that mean? If you were gonna eat burger and like, chips and 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 a drink do anyway, do you remember the sushi place look, where the deal is more expensive if you buy if you buy them separately? It's cheaper. There's this sushi place in Athens that does. Yes, this. I, I can confirm this is. But I, that's because it's not more expensive. It's like it's like it's. Slightly more expensive, <laughs> yeah. but it's because you get more different types of sushis, and obviously to produce a lot, you know, if it's different, if you produce one type of sushi right. or you produce many different ones, I see. You see, so, so I really like, I really like discounts. I have this problem. Mm-hmm. I accept it. Now uh, is the sales. I'm not, it's uh, certainly period. not one of my. It's certainly not one of my charming qualities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I like cheap things, Mm-mm. but I like deals. That's why I, I I never I try to never go into this. You know these websites that have like deals. <laughs> you get like a yeah, you know, but it's like whole website which is only about deals, and it I'm says seventy percent sure. off, ninety percent off. You know they are online in Facebook. Sometimes it it advertises them. It's like coupon like, or something. No, no, no. They're like they're like don't start me with coupons. Don't start me with coupons. In Germany, there are like. It's, it's there's a lot of coupons so you if you keep on searching this? if you keep on searching you can find coupons for most things but it might you know I might end up spending three hours to order a pizza <laughs> by the time that I order the pizza <laughs> waiting for the coupon I'm not even hungry it's not fun any longer yeah so so what is the best deal you've got out of this addiction of yours do you remember something particularly like good what do you mean like Like by find searching. Look, for this. I I think I think what is really good mm-hmm. about me doing this. Mm-hmm. No, not necessarily. As I said, not necessarily charming. Mm-hmm. But is that I now have managed to uh, living outside the really obvious bad deals, like mm-hmm. you know when you order a pizza or something like that, which right. which then is more of an addiction. Right. If I actually think of more general things, mm-hmm. I have created in my head, I think, a sort of mathematics of formula of deals right so sometimes there are things that I don't necessarily need now but I know that I'm gonna need soon so um, I always know more or less what I need and I'm waiting for a deal to get them even if I don't need them immediately like medicine <laughs> what do you mean by that 
discounted quinoa. <laughs> That's a really bad joke. <laughs> okay. Time for some music. <laughs> Strange French band called Debil Mental.
So, do you know what time it is? What time is it, Phil? Do you know what time it is? What time is it, Phil? What time is it? Do you know? No, I don't know. Poetry time. Oh, it's poetry time. It's poetry time. So it's this time of uh, our show that we mm-hmm. read uh, and mention and talk a little bit about a poet starting with a D. So today we're talking about Bei Dao. Uh, he's a Chinese poet. Uh, that's his pen uh, name, Bei Dao. And uh, he's part of this group of poets called the Misty Poets. Uh-huh. And... Uh, they are known, most of them are in exile from China. Uh, they started working and writing uh, in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, so uh, after the Cultural Revolution, and they were um, criticizing the, the basically the, um, you know, the establishment, the Chinese establishment. But what's really interesting is that um, due to the very repressive nature of the, the regime, uh, their poetry is very abstract, very very lyrical, so it's really interesting for a, for a Western to read this and like knowing that this is a critique of the Chinese regime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting you mentioned that because there's something similar in uh, Iranian film mm. well, because they had a uh, a lot of uh, like there is a lot mm-hmm. of Iranian surrealist existential film, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember seeing a documentary and and they were saying that we had. We had to, uh, and also interestingly, uh, Iran is is uh, the country with more auteur-like fi- uh, wi- women filmmakers mm-hmm. than anywhere else in the world. Right. Um, and they were saying that they, um, which again, of course, a mu- really complex issue with mm-hmm. uh, you know sort of like women and Muslims and so on. Um, uh, that um, that because the regime was really difficult, mm-hmm. they had to sort of like find interesting ways to go around, the, mm-hmm. and that created a and very in surreal. In a way. Even in Greece, during the dictatorship, you have like loads of surrealist poets writing their critiques of the regime in a very kind of strange and abstract way. And then we have Actionisti uh, by Elitis mm-hmm. that became the anthem of the kind of resistance against the dictatorship. And it's a very surreal text. Um, uh, so, but do so you think Bei Dao is the Odysseus elitist of China? He, like Bei Dao, is very influenced by similar things, like basi- basically modernist poetry. Um, but the, it's very different in the form because Bei Dao, instead of going sur- surrealist in order to express his critique, he's going hyper realist. Like the poems are very impressionist and very kind of um, descriptive. Okay. So, would you like to read the poem? Sure. I want to go to the other bank. The river water alters the sky's color and alters me. I am in the current. My shadow stands by the river bank, like a tree struck by lightning. I want to go to the other bank. In the trees on the other bank, a solitary startled wood pigeon flies towards me. Wow, very. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I always wonder with languages that are so, so different mm. to English, for example, in their structure and so on. How do you translate? Mm. And uh, the 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 second extract I, I picked for you, 
uh, I couldn't find the the source because I I, I read it in the book called uh, Affirmations of Poet Affirmation of Poetry. It's a really good book talking about the politics of poetry. Uh, but uh, the the writer translates the poems from Italian. So someone translated them from Chinese to Italian, and then she translates from Italian to English. How come? Um Nobody has translated those properly. It's really shocking because Bei Dao is considered one of the most important Chinese writers of all time, and uh, there are very few translations. If if we were in London, I would be able to to get the books from a library, but uh, it was really hard to find them online. So that's why today we are using um, fragments from online sources. Uh, I would like to s- to read the second fragment. Oops. Yes. Many languages fly through the, this world, but the production of language can neither increase nor diminish the silent pain of humanity. So very short, huh? Mm, no, I mean, it's an extract. I don't know how long is then. Ah, okay. Poem. Yeah. Uh, so the thing is, I was uh, now today. I was trying to find all the all the extracts of the poems I really liked. Um, I remember reading um, in the past. And uh, I had the opportunity to read uh, through lots of uh, poems by this group uh, called the Misty Poets. And what really struck me is that in uh, lots of them, uh, there is a very strong ambivalence towards the Chinese tradition and the Chinese kind of, um, you know, ancient glory, which is in a very striking opposition to what Greek uh, modernist poets did. Like mm, yeah, which is hideous. Yeah, like. And I was telling you, how is it possible that Elitis was criticizing uh, the dictatorship by writing about the ancient Greece and about Orthodox tradition, like the two m- s- main pillars of the dictator, the ideological pillars of the dictatorship? Mm-hmm. It's really contradictory. Mm-hmm. So now, breaking the rules of our show, I would ask you to read uh, an, a short uh, poem by Gu Cheng, who is another member of the Misty Poets, just to sh- showcase this kind of ambivalence towards tradition that I think is really relevant to many of the things we discuss here. I don't represent history. I don't represent the voice that comes from on high. I came here merely by way of the age that is mine. I cannot make use of the plume, nor the inkwell. Only the use of the most leisurely breath of life may inscribe a trace upon which it is worth making a conjecture. Intense. Indeed. Yeah, there are all of them very iconoclastic and I think uh, I would be really interested to see like more and better translations and more um, the theoretical mis- writings of the, the Misty Poets. The Misty Poets, yeah. Let's move into a song. Yes. And what have we got? Uh, the Door and the Window, part-time punks. Nice. Walking down the King's Road I see so many faces They go and see places They come down for the day They walk around together And try to look trendy 
But I think it's a shame Cos they all look the same They all look the same Here they come La 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 The part-time punks Here they come La 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 The part-time punks Then they go to rough trade To buy Holly and the Italians They heard John Peel play it Just the other night they like to buy the Take It single Or 49 Americans But they're not pressed in red So they go in human instead Here they come La 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 Now we can discuss it when S comes sometime singing. singing. Sometime in the next, uh, I don't know, six months or something. La, 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 la. A friend of ours who is coming for the polyamory show, uh, she calculated and P is mid July. 
So the next word is DJ. DJs. What? Oh dear. What the fuck? After all these highbrow concepts, this really stupid thing, useless thing. I'm scratching. Is this a DJ? Yeah, I'm DJ. <laughs> it's a bit abject. <laughs> so, what is a DJ, Phil? DJ is someone that plays records. Really? Yes. Why is it a thing? It plays records one after the other. Back in the days, mm-hmm. when people used the vinyl records. In discos, you mean, or yes. where? The DJ was a useful person mm-hmm. because someone needed to, you know, put on the next song. There was no automatic machines doing that for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that person was yeah. named the disc jockey. Correct. But today... Today, there is... Playlists. Three decades later. Playlists. No, Spotify. But Spotify. Look, look, look. Tell us. A DJ is someone that uh, doesn't just more than physically that. play one record what after the other. They create, let's say, an atmosphere, a mood, uh, a kind of, uh, you know, uh, they're curators, the time curators mm. of, uh, of an electronic music night. Or of any music. Uh, right. Uh, but uh, let's say, like, primarily they are connected to dancing. And, uh, you know, putting records uh, for the audience to dance to. And they think that they are very important. That I don't think, obviously. <laughs> I think there is a real problem. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think what is the when is the moment where the whole DJ thing just gets kind of a little bit out of control. It's the Nathan Burley kind of uh, moment. So. Yeah, I think it's the maybe in the 90s at mm-hmm. some point. Where what happened? I don't know. Um, uh, maybe they became more mainstream. I don't know. Maybe they became like stars or something like this. How is it even possible? It is possible. There's like loads of DJs that are actually famous. Wow. I know it sounds shocking. One one could even say that it, in, in its, it's interesting. In shockingness, it's interesting. It's almost like having famous. Imagine having famous curators of art. There are some famous curators. Not really. Like Adam Simtik? No. Like, there isn't really curator stars. Bakartiev? No, there's no such thing as star curators. They're like, whatever. No one really cares. You know, apart sure. from like 12 people in the art world who think, oh my God. Oh, it's a star curator. A star curator. <laughs> a star <gasps> oh curator. A star curator is a bit like the power, <laughs> the power structures of collecting like the money in a Greek building, you know, like yeah. out of the different flats. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a bit, it's a oh, bit like <laughs> yes, it's a bit, it's a bit like oh, but s- sorry, but we have to collect the money because we need to pay various things for the building, <laughs> and and you know, it's very good if you're not late and so on. That's that that that's the quality of a star curator. But not people, like no one really cares about their power really apart like from themselves. Looking up to other people, you know that. You know what? I'm gonna tell you because I've been a DJ very long time. Okay, tell us and. I can tell you the first insider of all, opinion. the inside of the DJ, the worst thing about being a DJ, mm-hmm. are you ready for this? I am ready. Give me the... Thank you. <laughs> this didn't sound like a drum roll, but more like <laughs> the, the minister of Greek culture banging at the door. <laughs> Miss Livia, how can I help you? 
right. Oh my god. So, so um so the, the Yes Robert Wilson is here to see you Go on. Um let, let me go on then. Okay, so um what is that makes DJ special? Lo- no, I, w- I wanted to, to say something else. Pr- mm. Look, you are a, a, a common person. You're a normal person. You don't think you think that the life of the DJ is glamorous and so on. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the following thing. Tell me. When you're a DJ, no one sleeps with you. But that's the same if it's you're a terrible. performer. It's terrible. If you're a DJ, no one ever sleeps with you. If you're a performer, it can happen. No. It can happen. With a, no one sleeps with a DJ. The moment you go up the the stage. St- on the stage, people are really fascinated by you and you have higher chances sleeping with them another night. But the night of the performance, no. I guess you're kind of right. But it's I still... It's the stage look, like look, look. effect. I, I, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe when you're a DJ, it kind of hurts more because mm. you're not even really getting that much attention. Right. So you don't get the attention of the performer and you also don't get the getting laid like a performer. And people ask you for songs. Don't even get me started with this. Don't like the But come on, like you're there and people want to hear them listen to the music they like and you get you're getting very, paid. It's a very stressful job. When I, when people are actually dancing, it's a very stressful job. And it's a like horrible job. Drunk. I used, I used to do it all the time and no, 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 don't do it any longer. It's a <gasps> drunk, another D word. It's a very, 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 very stressful job. But anyway, yeah, my, my the I guess DJs are horrible. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you say that life made them horrible. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It's they because nice it's because people. people not necessarily, but it's because <laughs> people are when they go to d- to, to <coughs> dance to clubs and so on, they're like animals, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is the the DJ, the shepherd? Or? Yeah, the the DJ is, is yeah. Uh, that's a I I don't mind this particular you mm. know because I think as a shepherd they have this very difficult and annoying task, but they're also pretty basic, yeah. I will tell you now a story that you won't like. Okay. There is this TV show called Sense8. Right. It's about eight different people in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But they are somehow telepathically connected. Mm-hmm. And each of them has a special power. And there is like a kung fu master, there is a chemist, there is a cop, there is like a very good driver. And there is an Icelandic DJ <laughs> whose who's superpower is being a DJ. <laughs> really? And they try to fit it in the story, but it's always like everyone is doing so much. So and much. he's just the DJ. She well, that's a she, that's that's really good. Actually, that's quite good. That's a good metaphor. That summarizes yeah. how I feel about DJs. Cool. Um, uh, we're gonna continue with a Greek band. No we way. rarely play Greek that's bands. The first time, I think. Is it the first time? Maybe. And and uh, they they called Dimosiopalikoretire. That's mm. Delta, so it's the same as D. I I figure. Barely, but whatever. Uh, come on, I figured. Uh, otherwise, there's no way we can play Greek stuff because this is a you know a Latin alphabet. That's fine with me. And uh, yeah, we're gonna play a, a, a song from a very rare release of theirs. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So there weren't any, any words. This is not a good example of this band. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a good example of what this band does because they work a lot with lyrics and repetitive like uh, phrases and stuff. I like it. Oh, just because you want to play from the stupid vinyl record, we could download something nicer. It's nice enough. Okay, if it's good for you, it's great for me. It's great for me. Next concept. What is it? We haven't decided. No. Next concept. Do do the pick whatever. Pick it. Dreams. Dreams. Mm. Okay. I as a as a young person, as a child. Uh-huh. I had this friend who is now a Nazi. Yeah. So we're not friends anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, but every morning she used to tell me her dreams. Okay. And they were always very exciting. Give us a, give us some examples. They would be like lots of killings and uh, like lots of action. It would be like as if she would narrating like a story. But do you think when people actually say that their dreams are these, they they mean it? Do you do you think she might lie to me to yeah. entertain me? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what ha- what normally happens? But what normally happens, Phil, is someone's like, "Oh, I want to tell you this dream," and then the dream is really whatever. Well. I mean, that was my previous dispossession towards people narrating dreams that, okay, what's the deal? I, I don't care, it's a dream. You know, I don't actually see very surreal dreams. I hate it. I always have very realistic dreams. Really? Yeah, like, for example, have you ever flown? Yeah, lots of times. I've never flown. Really? Yeah, I have, it has never happened to me. What about, like, sex dreams? Do you, ha- do you have them? Yeah, I've had sex dreams. But I'm... I, look, that... I'm saying surreal, you know, people have sex, that's not surreal, that's realistic. No, no, I'm just checking what what kind of dreams you do have. So I can like going to the shops, <laughs> <laughs> finding discounts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, reading about documenta. <laughs> okay, there are many factors that affect what kind of dreams you have. Um I recently I've been seeing a lot of dreams that have to do with uh, mass destruction. And that's quite surreal. Mm-mm, they are not surreal, though. They it's are like, like ordinary realistic, ordinary uh, mass destruction. Mm. Well, if you have been in psychoanalysis, as I suggested many times, I've, I was, but I was. I you anyway, changed yeah, city. It was, yeah. um, it, uh, the more you talk about your dreams, the more like symbolic and intricate and kind of fucked up they they turn. Really? Yeah. That's the same if you start writing down your dreams the moment you wake up. Yeah. They become much more complex and intricate and kind of interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dream uh, diaries really help to make your dreams. Do more. you keep a dream diary? No, I can't, I can't be bothered right now. Uh, but w- when I was uh, in regular uh, psychoanalysis, what's the sound? Sorry, film? someone is uh, sending me messages. I'm going to turn off the sound. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, you can actually cultivate your dreams to make them more kind of interesting. And there are people who have no dream, who have who dream, but they cannot recall their dreams. Nothing, huh? That's crazy. That's quite interesting. So it's also yeah, but yeah, lucid dreams is another big thing. For, was a big thing for me when I was younger. I really wanted to have lucid dreams. I was obsessed with the idea. Like, did you actually try to cause them? Yeah, there are many methods. Really? Yeah, one method is like during the day you spend a lot of time like checking your hands 
you do it like very regularly. Checking your hands. Mm-hmm. Every one hour. You, you look, look at down your hands, at your you hands and you study them, like their details. How do they look like? And then when you dream, when you do it instinctively, because you get used to doing it all the time, uh, the hands are strange. And this is like uh, immediately makes you being more kind of um, alert and you become more conscious that you're dreaming. So you have a conscious dream. Wow. So I used to do all kinds of this stuff, uh, wh- uh, especially the the year I was 18 years old. When I finished school, I was like, now we'll experiment with things. And uh, th- one of the things I experimented with was trying to learn how to do lucid dreaming. But And then I, I actually uh, achieved that. And every time I would become like uh, aware that I'm dreaming, I would do like flying and then I would do sex with some people that I liked. And then it became boring. But I find dreams very boring. Uh, I don't know. It's a big deal, but like, yeah. I think it's kind of boring, isn't it? Yes, I because understand. Because isn't the calm down really quite annoying? Coming back to reality. Yeah. I use the wor- the term calm down on per on I purpose. See. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess you're right in a sense, but. Also, like I feel the same as I feel ab- about drugs. I feel the same about dreams. Uh, Another D word uh, that we are, you know, but not covering unlike, today. But unlike drugs, which they give you this like pseudo epiphanies about your life, in my experience, mm-hmm. uh, with dreams and the, the the dream work in in analysis, you can actually find out some interesting things about the about your unconscious process that you you can't really access um, differently and okay that's because i you know i like psychoanalysis and uh, i believe in the psychoanalytic method uh, but in it is it is quite um, i know it's a cliche thing but yeah i think through dreams you can access Unconscious. I, thi- um, I, th- I think I don't know. I, I think because these surrealists and people that I used to really like when oh, I was yeah. little were into dreams and right. so on. And I, I had this this. Now you're very far away from the microphone. Yeah, sorry. I had I had this period where I was, uh, you know, really into the surreal stuff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so on. And and dreams are very influential for these scenes mm-hmm. and so on. And and I'm so far away from this now. I'm like I'm, I'm I don't know. It seems to me su- such kind of wank basically uh, so like an uh, over intellectual yeah and symbolism and so on like maybe mm. I'm, sh- I'm sure there are ways of doing uh, mm. dreams analysis which has nothing to do with kind of union symbols and stuff Absolutely. like that, which I hate yeah yeah but I'm I'm kind of still there I'm not I'm not, I'm not really I haven't really gone over this because I have a real problem with symbolism symbolism is like you know there is something allegory that means so something else mm-hmm. but very often um, the, the difficult part of you know analyzing yourself is l- seeing the things that are in front of you right in front of you but you cannot for some reason see so dreams are not about like something that's hidden under many layers of meaning but it's more about things that are always there but you just cannot see so you need to find a way to circumvent the you know this blindness so dreams is like a, a way to access what is very obvious okay. and, and very often very obvious to everything for everyone else in your life but for some reason you cannot see it so you I need to, to invent a language to access this information i see uh, no okay i'm i'm you know 
I wouldn't say that they are uh, a waste of time. <laughs> Which is what uh, I, th I think they are a little bit overrated in terms of you know what they offer. Uh, but that's not true. Historically, people think okay. In ancient years, they thought that they predict the future and stuff. But nowadays, most of people think that dreams are uh, like nothing. Nothing. Huh? Yeah, may maybe right. Yeah, they're not overrated. We are in a historical time in time history that even psychology, this great science, Dr dreadful science, uh, yeah. thinks that the dreams are like a byproduct of uh, of uh, like cleaning your brain during dream uh, during sleep. So it's like so uh, they mean nothing. They mean nothing. Like yeah. a clearing cash yeah, yeah, like of, uh, yeah, of the brain. Like garbage. Um, okay. Do you like the concept of devolution? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Devo and swelling, itching brain. Very nice.
So that was Devo. I really like them. And um, we continue with mm -hmm. a concept. Concept. Not a concept. We continue with a category of concepts oh. that we have every year. Every year. Every week. Every <laughs> year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the dream section. Right. So, oh, that time of the day. Philosopher of the week. So, we've spoken about so much philosophy so mm, far. It's true. It's one of the most uh, theoretical uh, shows we've done. I almost feel like, how can we go into more philosophy at this point? And you know something? Yeah? The audience yeah? needs to be educated. Okay. This is an educating show. An educational show. Okay. Um, there are so many philosophers starting from the. I know, so and it was really a very hard to. And you know what I'd like to ask you? Tell me. I'd like to ask you because this has been a very philosophical show. Mm -hmm. I would like to ask you that the philosopher of the week that yeah. you present, yeah. you don't present them in a philosophical way, but but in a different way. In what way? In another way that you like. You can talk about their hair, for example. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good. So the particular philosopher is really. <laughs> And our philosopher of the week is Gilles Deleuze. Oh my God! Yeah, this is an extremely, extremely unlikely strange uh, and unlikely choice. I know because I, I generally, um, our audience would be very, shocked. very surprised because but, uh, we have very many times suggested that we don't like this person. But you know, like it's the D show. Yes. Can we not talk about Deleuze? We cannot talk about. We Deleuze. could talk about Simone de Beauvoir, or we could talk about. Uh, Derrida. We could. But we've already done that. We've done it in the deconstruction And I'm session. sure there are other philosophers that start with a D. I'm sure too. But? But come on, Deleuze. It's more, I, I, I guess it's more like a phenomenon rather than a philosopher. It is a phenomenon. Why don't we, call, why don't we talk a little bit about more the phenomenon rather than the Deleuzeans? Yes. Okay, Deleuze, very good, very good, very good philosopher, very smart, very good concepts. Mm -hmm. But then... The plague, the plague, the hoi polloi, the Lusians everywhere. Every, they're terrible, aren't they? Terrible. Why are they so bad? Terrible. Why? They cannot sing. They cannot sing. They cannot dance. They can. They don't have uh, good teeth. No. What is good about them? They think that they can do everything. They are power bottoms. Not even. Oh, that's sad. That could be a redeeming quality. No. They are like um, parasites. Coming close. They are like lit like literally letterless. Possibly. And they always come to you when they hear that you are interested in psychoanalysis to be like. Patriarchal. <laughs> as if the Deleuze is like a non patriarchal gender queer black uh, I don't know uh, working Trans class activist. yeah exactly fuck off like fuck off yeah but the difference is that Gilles Deleuze pretends to be that I mean he didn't really to be honest no mm. he, he has like just a French intellectual he, like he has a very quick, queer hairstyle he ha he's a very attractive man Oh no! He was attractive. Yeah. I'm not at all. Not for you. Not at all. 
He's Wait, not do you a... like Guattari better? No. <laughs> okay. But I prefer Roland Barthes, for example. Okay. Or you, even, you would have better chances with him. Or too. even Lacan I prefer than, than Deleuze. He's not good looking. Look at the hair. You mean the what, absent? What kind it's of... It's a Deleuzean, like lines of flight. <laughs> what kind of hair, hair, haircut is that? It was popular at the time, if you want to know. Yeah? What, to have like a bald top of the head and then a lot of hair around it? You know, like because Foucault was the bald theorist, he couldn't pull the the shaving of the head. Like be a second bald theorist. <laughs> so he was like, okay, I will do the... The, the lines of flight haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> I will let them fly and they can go wherever <laughs> they, they can. They grow in a, you know, as a, as a tree, you know? Rhizome, but rhizome haircut. Athenians really love Deleuze because they are also rhizome haircut people. They like the to leave their hair conceptually grow fly. and fly into different ideas. <laughs> but the, the writings of Deleuze on cinema, as we've said a lot of times from you've our show. heard me say say that mm -hmm. early when we met. That, I think, is one of the few or maybe the only one of the yeah. major philosophers who understands that cinema has also formal qualities as mm. opposed to uh, just um, mm. being like a narrative thing. Yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. example, Zizek, who doesn't I, understand at all yeah, the cinema, form. the form. Yeah. I remember like re reading about the close-ups in cinema and stuff. Really fascinating things. Yes. And also... Obviously not things that it's us in film studies so haven't discussed so before. So Guattari is the problem. Guattari is definitely the problem. I the mean, Italian. But, but uh, obviously everything that comes from that country will eventually lead to some problem. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, we weren't even talking about Shil. Uh, let's, leave, let's leave the man to rest. The problem is the followers. You've said that yourself. Okay. They had like last year in Greece they had like a Deleuze conference. Yes. And it was like a hundred papers on like five days or whatever. Right. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? This is not actually for an audience. This is for an imaginary audience, mm. a potential audience. Mm. Very delusion. <laughs> listen, listen. You say that. You say that about I the say delusions. That. I do say but that. But Andaidipus, mm -hmm. it's a very, I don't know, it, it is the, the, the root of many evils. Because it's a very good book, very interesting book, uh, very poetic, extremely dense. Mm -hmm. So all the people who claim to be influenced, I don't know what were they influenced by. Uh -huh. uh, but at its very root, has this like point that, oh, psychoanalysis and all this bullshit about the parents and about castration. No, the human is something radically different. It's all about desire that comes from nowhere and goes everywhere. It's like, this is the root of many problems. This anti-Oedipus like, uh, utopianism is really bad for radical politics, I think, because, okay, I understand that we need, like, some kind of a vision for a radical future that transcends the limitations of uh, patriarchal structures and so on, but uh -huh. you cannot find this vision through a complete, like, disavowal of the structures that gave rise to the existent uh, reality, okay? All right. <laughs> the next song is <laughs> DNA.
So what that was did quite you, short. What did you think of DNA? That's I really liked it. <laughs> historically important band um, that uh, invented no wave in right. a way. Um, and they were doing it like early enough from mm-hmm. like uh, 77 or something what? like this. Yes, before before punk was was kind of <laughs> over at all. They were doing like post punk. So I um, see. so very important. But as you see from their uh, record, um, they're quite extreme. Very, very commercial. <laughs> what they do. They yes. didn't. Be, they didn't. They didn't make it big. No, climb the charts. So are we ready for the next? We concept? are very ready. Mm. Yes. Next concept is. Drag queens, drag queens. Okay. Yes, yes, honey. You're gonna have to talk to us about drag queens because I don't really know much. Mm. But don't, don't. I mean, you know, it's about the segment is about drag queens, so you have to make it fun. Oh fuck off, Phil. Yes, I'm not a drag queen myself. So I'm a serious academic person. And why are you then going to talk to us about drag queens? Because drag queens are an important aspect of modern queer culture. Are they? Undeniably. Undeniably? Okay. It's many things we need to unpack. Okay. Because uh, there is the definition problem. So back in the, I don't know, when was Stonewall? 70s. Go on. So there was no distinction between drag queens and trans women, like really conceptual distinction. There was like a spectrum of uh, transvestism, queer identities. So, so already speaking now of of drag queens, the historical term drag queen could include many more different identities. Uh, So at some point in the nineties, the drag queen is a gay man who does a character, like a female impersonation, Uh for entertainment of other gay men. Let's say. So we've moved past that point again so many drag performers are like um, have a more nuanced understanding of gender is more you can be you no know. I, I mean I understand the politics but of this, this is important the politics of this is good I mean I, it's good you're 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 we're putting this forward because actually yeah. I don't I have some issues with drag queens in terms right, of right, their relationship right. to trans identities yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, to women in general. Because yeah, I, misogyny. You know, look, because misogyny is very central in gay cultures, right? Right. You know yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. seen that, mm-hmm. you see that still and so on. Mm. So uh, there is this. Um, but b- beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering to what extent drag queens generally do interesting things okay and, and I, so we talk, go to the artistry of this yeah because i mean it is an art form right it is it is absolutely it's it not is. really a politics uh, a political i mean it it's can a, do it politics can do but it's not a political movement right say. Mm. and 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 because it is aimed at uh, uh let's say the gay club scenes and mm-hmm, so on mm-hmm. most frequently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um we know that uh, gay lifestyles are kind of a bit, um, how dull. can I put it, dull and, and sort of like filled with uh, uh, void, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. It's <laughs> a very mild way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I am mm. I, kind of resistant to this movement because I, I, I don't think it's particularly that creative in comparison, let's say, to performance art, someone can say, to the history of performance art. Unless but there are so many shitty things in performance art you don't like. Absolutely. absolutely. So it's, it's, it's the same, really. Like, uh, just because it's from gay people, there are much less good things. <laughs> 
Look, this we we have another ten minutes. We can't we can't finish on this homophobic remark. No, no. Uh, but okay, there are many things to say. But I I really don't want to discuss drag race, for example, with you because you would be so like dismissive. But but in general, would you say that okay, there is then the, the, there is like a good ten or twenty percent of of drug stuff that good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I like good whatever things that I like and I think they're. Pushing boundaries, and they are think they are. Or kind of are fun. they? Or are they? Let's and also say, the yeah. fact that they, the the drug culture exists in club within the club culture exists within the entertainment aspect. You it's, th- it's not like something you go to the museum to see. I think this this yeah, still has a kind of I a don't value. Know. Does it? Because yes. f- would you say, for example, that because someone goes and sees a drag queen being, let's say, weird, mm-hmm. this has an impact on them as a person? Because I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm so th- okay. Art is not uh, to change you necessarily, and many people see different things in the same performance. For example, okay. Um, true, true. Uh, and Leibach, like the fascist, can go to their sh- show like next month. Is is I mean, it's really uh, unfair. I understand it's a difficult it's a difficult question. Yeah, but uh, I, I I I I also. Okay, your your objections are not crazy. I I see where you're coming from, especially early zeros gay culture. I think it has a potential kind of resonance with your experiences. Maybe, maybe, maybe I have a, a sort of like reference frame which is not particularly good. But still, although the, even in that the, time, the post drug scene of, of London, was, for example, there was uh, Libari and there was exactly. uh, there was uh, and even later, Divine like uh, and so on. even after Divine Day. Divine David, for example, is a great. And Johnny Wu and so on. Johnny no, Wu and, co- he and of, his of course, scene. of course, there are stuff. Yeah. Of course, there are stuff. I think I'm more triggered by the fact, or, or rather, I think what I'm wondering, um, mm-hmm. but it might be silly to think that, is mm-hmm. what would happen if you had drag queens, mm-hmm. but you put them in a completely different context, and I don't mean you put them in a gallery. Right. I mean, give me an example. I don't know what it would be. I, mm. I, I wonder if if it is time for something like uh, cabarets or or burlesques or things like that to return. Uh, I see. They're sort of like embracing of uh, eccentric performance and camp and camp and so on, but not necessarily in a gay club uh, sense where everybody mm-hmm. has like the tops off and so on. It's this kind of I like this idea of drag queens reading um, like fairy tales to children. I really like this. Concept. This is fantastic. I'm. I'm. Uh, that was for me incredible. Like when I saw it, I was like. Whoa! This is definitely an interesting mm. step forward. Mm-hmm. This is definitely doing something different. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really, I'm, I, I find it very difficult sometimes. To, I, I really want to see the show of like some drag queens show. And now mm. in Athens there is a, also a, drag a booming scene, scene. Yeah, a booming scene. It's but a very recent uh, development. But I don't really want to go to the clubs. Uh, right. Uh, and this they starts so really late. Dull. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for old people like us, two o'clock uh, is a bit too late, extreme to start the late. show at two and finish. At anyway, five. I th- I think maybe maybe I'll I'll get to to understand uh, this a bit better. I mean, ambivalence is is a, is a thing we endorse as a show. So let's move into a song. Yeah, I've got one that I know you like. Really? Yes. No way. Doraus und Marinas Fred from Jupiter. Mm. Der landete nicht gern, da 
Es musste aber sein, der Sprit ging aus. Die Luke, die ging auf, da sprang ein Mann heraus. Ich sah ihn nur kurz an, nur je. Er hatte goldenes Haar, das glänzte wunderbar. Sein Blick, der war so scharf, aha. Er war sehr attraktiv und auch sehr muskulös. Er war ein Traum von einem Mann. Dreht von Jupiter, dreht von Jupiter, der Traum aller Frauen. Du warst nicht schwach. Dreht von Jupiter, dreht von Jupiter, bleib für immer hier, geh doch nicht fort. Er kam mit in die Stadt, die Frauen waren platt. Ein Traum von Mann und jede wollte ihn. Die Männer waren nervös und wurden furchtbar sie wurden nicht mehr angesehen. Fried, er sollte gehen, er konnte es nicht verstehen, er sah es aber ein und ging. Die Frauen weinten sehr, ihr Vetter war nicht mehr, der Jammer, der war groß und blieb. Fried von Jupiter, Fried von Jupiter, ihr Traum aller Frauen, du machst dich wach. concept for today is dogs. Under the stairs, dogs. We like dogs. I don't 
Silent dogs. Bold dogs. And uh, silent dogs. Flickered on the screen Was 
Reputation, no camouflage.